Chapter Fifty Four of the Goddess of Atbatbar by William Richard Bradshaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Fisher. Reincarnation. The Grand Sorcerer Charka and his guard had, with reverend flight, borne the body of their goddess Leone to the Palace of Souls, mourning the death of their adored, who had been so precious, so beautiful, so holy. The High Priestess and the Grand Sorceress, together with the priests and priestesses of Egyplosis, on hearing of the death of Leone, departed at once for Egyplosis to mourn the death of their goddess. Leone was dead. Ah me, what triumph then, without my soul of souls to share its delights! The blessed cup of joy, quivering to the brim, was about to touch my yearning lips, when it was dashed aside by a treacherous hand. Well might the crownless bull Makar laugh in whatever damnable retreat he had retired to. His revenge was complete. Oh, the pity of it! The young, the adorable, the divine soul who was just about to remount her throne to receive a pure adoration from her people. She who was to be queen of Atvatbar, slain treacherously within sight of the Bormidophia, where she had so long been worshipped. It was impossible for me to remain longer on the field of battle. I wanted to fling myself on that once happy form and kiss her death-cold lips. I left Coltonbury and his surrendered army in the hands of the Supreme General Hushnoli and started at once for Egyplosis. As my wings devoured the leagues of air, I thought, was this the climax for which I fought? I flew along with none to share my torture. My heart was rent wide open, and in my agony I rolled upon the air as I flew, for brain and soul seemed an ocean of fire. I arrived at Egyplosis full of anguish. With quivering lips and burning tears, I staggered into the portal that led to the subterranean palace where I knew my loved one was laid. I silently entered the magnificent abode of the sorcerer, horror-stricken with despair. Suddenly, beyond the labyrinth, I heard a golden sound, the sound of that blessed bell that once before rolled its waves of delight over my spirit. I stood leaning against a pillar, dissolved in its bewitching moans, luxuriating in the agapemony of music breathed from the delirious bronze. I heard wafted from the mysterious temple the refrain of thousands of voices chanting a ritual of love and peace. The multitudinous sound seemed so soft and so thrilling, so powerful and so holy, that I was eager to know if such a burden of love was the sorrowing passion of the twin souls in honour of their dead goddess. I saw through the open doors of the temple a moving throng of twin souls, swaying in masses hither and thither, with naked feet on the aquilium floor. On every forehead burned an electric star, giving a spectral flush to the scene. That was the singular multitude I had heard, the hierophants of the holy soul. As my eyes grew accustomed to the objects before me, I saw the interior of the temple, on whose sculptured walls and roof roses wove of smouldering electric fire revealed their burning bloom. Wires of platinum, terellium and aquellium had been woven into a filigree of roses, with leaves and stems made red-hot by the electric current. High above the sculptured dado rose strange windows of illuminated glass, in colours sad and brilliant, made visible by thousands of electric lights hidden in the sculptured recesses behind each window. The subject of each jewelled pane was a tableau of reincarnation, in which the figures of sorcerers and magicians robed in splendid attire gave life to beings that had died. The frieze was one continual blaze of colour, formed also of enamelled glass emblazoned with life-size processional figures and illuminated with incandescent lights. 
In a distant part of the temple, on a Torellium pedestal, I saw again a monster of gold with a terrible head and outstretched wings. As I surveyed this stupendous figure, I discovered that it held in its forepaws an immense helix of Torellium wire, ten feet in length and nine feet in diameter. One end of the wire was joined to ten thousand wires, whose extremities terminating in the Torellium wands were held by the twin souls. Each priest held a wand in his right hand, and each priestess a wand in her left, and their disengaged arms were wound around one another's waists. The other end of the voluminous wire forming the helix terminated in the rivet of an enormous spring that held a circular rotome close to the circular mouth of the helix. On a pedestal level with the upheld battery, reached by a spiral stairway, stood the grand sorcerer Chaka, robed in tissues of white silk and golden embroidery. An assistant priest turned a wheel that moved a screw pointing toward the spring of the rotome. The moment the screw touched the spring, the circular plate over the heart of the helix began to vibrate audibly. Another turn of the screw, and a vital thrill filled the temple with its sonorous music. I then knew that all that mysterious structure with its Torellium wires was an immense spiritual battery, charged with the life and love of ten thousand souls. The vital fluid, generated in the yearnings of ideal love, flooded the helix with its vitality, and induced a magnetism of life that made the rotome vibrate with emotion, until the whole temple shook with the thrilling sound. The priests and priestesses sang their ritonelles of passion and love, and the grand sorcerer waved his wand over the monster's head. It was then the thought of Leone filled my soul with a terrible yearning. Where was her hapless body? Was this feast of passion that I beheld her obsequies, or could it be some occult incantation to raise her from the dead? The thought fired my brain with madness. Oh, that it might be possible for her to live again, if only for one hour that she might hear of victory. All at once I seemed to know that Leone was laid in the heart of the helix, held by the Heliherent. I knew, oh, I knew that the spectacle I beheld was the ceremony of reincarnation. I knew that the goddess was being swathed with currents of life from her votaries. How I blessed those living batteries, so faithful in their glorious work. How I blessed the adorable sorcerer who conducted this precious ministry of life, who focused the love of thrilling souls upon the person of their goddess. I stood transfixed to the floor, watching with straining eyes those flames of life perform their ritual of reincarnation. The air of the temple grew warm as blood, and infinitely holy. Soft and piercing music rose from unseen chambers of the temple, which, mingling with the blessed storm of life that beat upon the mouth of the helix, seemed to whirl away my senses. The first circle of souls around the dragon comprised the votaries of Bishano or sorcery, Haliano or magic, Nidolano or astrology, Padano or soothsaying. The second circle embraced the adepts of Niano or witchcraft, Redahano or Wizardry, Bicano or the Oracle, Kielano or Augury, Tokdarano or Prophecy, Jicarano or Geomancy, Joctilano or Necromancy. The third circle embraced the Hierophants of Orfitano or Conjuration, Oriolano or Divination, Pridano or Clairvoyance, Ecthiano or Mesmerism, Sidishano or Electrobiology, Odolfano or Theosophy, Bishenamano or Spiritualism. How shall I describe the spell of that hour? Glimmering figures clad in robes of finest gossamer of the rarest colours, powderings and embroiderings, sang the songs of pained and enraptured sensibility. They loved, they wept, they supplicated Herakar. I saw twin souls embrace in infinite tenderness, and again with ecstatic enthusiasm. 
It was a sea of supernatural emotion. It was an abyss of affection, filled with a whirlwind of bold, delicate, enormous love. A religieuse of Tocturano shouted, She will live again! A priest of Picano sang, She will be born again of mystical, chivalrous love! As the enraptured host sang of life and love, I felt a million exaggerations of the delicacies of emotion. I felt as though fanned with warm winds blowing over wildernesses of flowers. I heard the multiplied splendour of bells, roaring like the soft vociferations of far-off tropic seas. I heard music, ineffably tender and sublime, wailing its intoxicating melodies. I saw strange illuminations dissolve in never-ceasing explosions of colour on the glorified windows. I saw upon the floor endless arabesques of twin souls, fantastically entangled and unrolled. Suddenly the temple shook with an explosion of sound that seemed the concentrated madness of drums and organs and bells. The roaring of the rotome grew deafeningly louder, mingling with a strange shivering sound, such as is produced by the suddenly transfixed wheels of a flying locomotive, tearing the metals into a hissing blaze. From the mouth of the heherent streamed a blaze of fire. I looked where the sorcerer stood. Heavens and earth, he was holding Leone in his arms, alive from the living battery. Leone, the peerless soul of souls, alive once more and triumphant over death. The temple whirled around me rapid as fire, and I fell to the ground insensible with joy. End of chapter 54